ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my woman. So when I go back to that time when I was in my first marriage, when I had this beautiful, fluffy, golden retriever, when we had this beautiful big house, when we had the whole massive yard, my husband, who I had been with since we were 19, and I kept feeling so empty inside, so empty And I just kept thinking, what's wrong with me? Like, what is wrong with me? And I felt so guilty for feeling that way. I felt so ashamed because I would look at other people in the news or people down the street or anywhere. And there are so many people who had it so much worse off than I did. Like, what the hell was wrong with me? And I felt like at that moment, I would have done anything to numb the pain. I even thought about, well, it would just be easier if I wasn't here anymore. I was not about to hurt myself. But I just would have done anything to numb the pain. And if you've ever had that feeling, you're in a great job, but you're like, it's just, it, it's just not right, and I'm not happy, and I'm just, but what's wrong with me? I should love this. Or you're in a relationship, or you're in a friendship, or anything in your life, or you're just sitting there in your life right now, and you're like, what's wrong with me? I should be happy. So many people have less than I do. And you're thinking, what is wrong with me? Then you want to really tune into today's episode. Because today I am talking with my soul sister, with an incredible coach, with a woman who has made an incredible 180 degree pivot in her life. From having that feeling of feeling empty and unfulfilled and asking herself, what is wrong with me? Being addicted to opiates. And listen, we are all addicted to something, whether you're addicted to social media, you're addicted to your work, you're addicted to shopping, you're addicted to Netflix and Chardonnay at night, and you're numbing out. We are going to get so real in this conversation today about how to not live that double life, about how to make your own unique pivot in life, about how to come out the other side so full of gratitude and joy and aliveness you're going to definitely want to listen in. Let me introduce you to my incredible guest, the perfect person to have this conversation. I want to introduce you to Dominique Velasquez. She spent her entire life trying to prove her worth by achieving things. But there is no achievement big enough to fill the hole that she had in her heart, right? She kept feeling empty, like something was missing, and she couldn't figure out why. She'd smile and put the happy face on to the world, like so many of us do. But internally, she felt like she was dying. In 2010, she got diagnosed with endometriosis and quickly found herself addicted to opiates in desperation to numb the pain. She looked like she had it all, but felt empty and unfulfilled and was constantly in that thought of what is wrong with me. She felt dripping in shame, living a double life, pretending to be fine. 
And that shame stopped her from seeking treatment that she really wanted and needed. She really believed that her worth came outside of herself. And once she discovered self-development, her life took a 180 pivot. She learned that everything she needed was inside of her and that she's the creator of her own life. And now her purpose is guiding women in discovering that you too have everything that you need inside. So Dominique, welcome to the podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, this means so much to me. And just to know mm -hmm. that I'm not alone to hear you say what you just said means so much. And I think that's the biggest factor in my healing, just knowing we're not alone. So I, I just first want to thank you for holding this platform of course. and for allowing me to be here to speak my truth to support other women. Yeah, it's such an honor. You know, you and I did a live in my Facebook group. And all of you out there, if you're not part of this Facebook group, you need to join immediately. Right now it's called Purpose Girls. It's going to be changing very soon. In fact, next week I'm doing a whole big thing about asking everybody, what name do you want? And, and doing all sorts of fun surveys. And I'm even giving out free lattes to everybody at the end of the week. So you want to join the Purpose Girls Facebook group and be part of that. But we did this live going into your story. And so many women responded that they were so moved that I said, we have to get you onto the podcast so that more women hear you. So I want to go back to that moment when you really were feeling empty and unfulfilled. And at that moment, is that when you were addicted or did that happen before or after? T take us through the whole thing. It actually happened before. Uh, my twin sister and I were raised by our maternal grandparents. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was raised, you know, get a pension, work for the government, go to school, take care of yourself. Um, My grandma always said, make sure you always leave the house looking good because you never know who you're going to run into. Mm -hmm. Or, if, you know, if you get in a car accident, you don't want them to see you not matching clothes. <laughs> And I know. You don't want them yeah. to see you in your period underwear. You got to be wearing exactly. like no holes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> make sure. So I did everything they taught me. I mm. I got the job. I got the government job. I got the bachelor's degree. I took care of my physical body. Um, I built the custom home at 25 years old. Mm. I got married. I had the healthy kids. And I found my, you took me back exactly to what I felt like, what, what is wrong with me? I have everything. I drive up to this beautiful home every day in my brand new sports car. And I walk in this home and what the hell is wrong with me? I feel so empty. There has to be more to life than just going to work every day to pay bills to one day die. Mm. That's to the point I was at. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so interesting. I did a story on TikTok or a video or whatever they're called on TikTok. And by the way, if you're not following me, it's the woman whisperer. Are you on TikTok, Dominique? I am. I, and I do follow you. Oh, you do? What is yours? <laughs> I, do, I need yes. to go follow you the second we're done with this. Of Unique Pivot. Unique Pivot. Okay. Pure. Yeah. Unique yeah. Pivot and two T's. Yes? Yes. Okay. Perfect. One T, on, one T on my handle. One T on your... Wait, let me back up. I want this to be super clear. What is your TikTok handle? Spell it for us. U-N-I-Q-U-E-P-I-V-O-T. One T. Okay, perfect. So I did a video on there about this, and a few people were like, boo-hoo, you had this perfect life, as if your life is so hard. The majority of people, I think 20,000 people have looked at that video or something, and the majority were all like, oh my gosh, I have felt this too. Thank you for speaking to this. I found it hard to share the story because there are people who say, what do you have to be so upset about, right? And did you feel that way? Like, wh wh why am I so upset? Why do I feel so empty? I should feel so happy. 
Yes. Actually, I was at work one day at my government job, mm -hmm. and this woman was telling me how she was struggling with anxiety and depression. And I, and I told her, you know what, I am too. I, I'm, uh, my anxiety, my depression. And she was like, well, what do you have to be anxious about and depressed about? You have a good job. You drive a nice car. You're pretty. Mm -hmm. So right away, I turned into guilt. And that's when I was like, oh, yeah. my God, Dominique, like, this woman has it worse than you. Look at, there's so many people that have it so much worse and then that turned into guilt and I felt so guilty and I started telling myself you should be happy you have this and you have that what's wrong with you like you're ungrateful and yes. then I just started beating myself up even more so it's right. just a spiral it's such a spiral right it doesn't help anyone it's not like we're helping someone who has less money or has you know doesn't yet have the job that they want we're not helping anyone by pretending to be happy, right? It's like, we're just, we're just recreating the cycle. But it feels like playing the martyr or beating ourselves up is going to somehow help, and it doesn't. And so there you were, and I know that feeling also so well, and feeling so ashamed. You are a beautiful woman. You had a sports car, but yet you felt so empty inside. And so... I continue to just seek external validation. Well, maybe I just need to make more money. Maybe mm. I need a new car. So there I go yes. getting a promotion, buying a different vehicle. And I'm sitting there like, again, what what the hell's wrong with me? Right. Like, when is when am I going to feel fulfilled? When am I going to feel happy? Is this right. all there is to life? Right, right. And that's what you learned. It's what I learned, too. And it's no, there was nothing wrong with your grandparents for teaching you that. They taught you what they learned. Right. Yes. It's like our mothers teach us what we learn. Or our grandmothers teach us what they learned. And the majority of people who raise us really have the best intentions. Right. It's like your grandmother thought she was helping by saying it matters how you look on the outside and it matters to have a body that looks a certain way or it matters for you to be wearing underwear that doesn't have holes or whatever it might be, which does matter. But, you know, she she thought she was really helping and to get that certain kind of job. And so you follow this path, and I did too. And then talk to us about when you started to numb out. And before we go there, and then the thing, then I, then I raised my kids that way. Mm. I passed that on oh. to them. It's about all the grades. I mean, my daughter, poor thing, I was always on her about combing her hair, looking a certain way, getting mm. good grades. So then I, I went and passed on the same exact beliefs to my kids right. because I thought I was doing them good by them. I, That's exactly. all I knew. You know what? Thank you for speaking that. I'm so glad that you added that and shared that because I know that it's what's on the inside and yet still having a child, right? He's two and a half. So it's not like he has grades or anything, but I find myself, I want him to want to be interested in harder puzzles. I want him to do well when it cut, when he's going to get in school and it's going to matter. I want him to be able. And so it's really a struggle to really teach a child that it's what is on the inside. And we have so many deeply held patriarchal beliefs about what is required to have, quote unquote, success on the outside. So I hear you, Mama. Of course you did that. Of course you did. And it was a compounding because I wanted to look like a good mom because right. I'm, I'm a good mom. Right. Because I'm, so right. It's just compounding the identity from the outside. Right. Because we're so embarrassed if our kid is the one that's failing or our kid is the one that's not social or our kid is the one that doesn't look a certain way. Yes. There's so yes. much pressure. Totally. It just didn't end. I'm like, but there has to be more. There has to be more. Yeah. Um. 
So I remember it was December of 2009. I woke up with debilitating stomach pain mm. and I thought I had food poisoning. And so to make a long story short, the ambulance came out. They took me by ambulance. They couldn't figure out what was wrong. Mm. And after a couple of more hospital trips, because the pain kind of just came and went, they immediately just started prescribing me um, opiates. Mm. So within like three weeks, I'd say I started referring to those pills as my happy pills. Because oh I'm like, finally, I, I found the answer. I, I finally, feel good. I felt good. I'm like, not only did that those pills take my physical pain away, but I felt fulfilled. I felt free. I felt light. I mm. felt valuable. I felt like I could use my voice. And I was in heaven. Mm. I was like, okay, this is what life's about. I'll just stay on these pills for the rest of my life. Right. But little did I know what was ahead of me. Mm. You know, this is so common, right? More common than we realize where you're prescribed something to help you, but they're addictive. And so when did you realize, wait a minute, this actually isn't healthy, even though it was feeling good, this is actually addiction and this is actually not healthy and this is actually hurting my life. When I found myself looking at that pill, knowing it had total control of my life, mm -hmm. um, it came before my kids, it came before my husband, it came before myself. I, I literally could not get out of bed without the pills. I became not only addicted to them, but physically dependent, which are two different things. But it got to the point where I would have to set an alarm like in a half an hour before I had to get up to put, take pills so I could feel functionable. Wow. Um, I literally could not function without them. It was living hell. Mm, it sounds like and living hell. And talk to was. us about that difference of being addicted and versus or and physically dependent. So physically dependent it was your when your body physically actually needs them to function. Um, opiates flush your your opiate receptors with um, false opiates. So. It'll trigger your body to no longer produce its own natural opiates and endorphins mm. because it's getting flooded with artificial. So your body physically depends on them just to function, just to feel normal. Addiction is when you're actually reaching for that pill or that substance or whatever it is to numb yourself, mm. to avoid how you're feeling, to cover up something where it's it's an action to make make yourself feel better mentally and escape basically your current reality. Mm. That's my definition. Yeah, I'm so glad that you that you shared that. So you got to the point it started as a happy pill. And it was just making you feel free. Yes. To yes. the inability to get out of bed and function, make your kids lunches or go to work without it. And did you yes. need to keep increasing the amount? Oh, yes. It got to the point to where uh, my grandfather who raised me, he got diagnosed with cancer around the same time. So he had endless supply of oxycodone and fentanyl. And one day I didn't have pills to go to work. So I lied to my husband. He thought I was at work. I went to my grandparents' house. And at that time, they knew that I was already stealing from my grandfather. So mm -hmm. they had the medication locked up in his safe. So I was desperately trying to like get break into the safe and I couldn't. So somehow when he went and got his dosage, he didn't shut the safe correctly. And so I'm standing there like so excited, like a little kid in Disneyland, like, oh, my God, I got the pills. I mean, so happy. And at the time I had been abusing just oxycodone 
and there was fentanyl and I didn't realize how strong the fentanyl was. And I actually took fentanyl that day and mm. I overdosed. Um, oh, sister. I thank God that I was at their house because the paramedics said it was a matter of minutes. Um, mm. I guess I was just kind of sitting on a chair and I kind of just slithered off the chair and they had no idea what was wrong. Um, they, they called the paramedics and, you know, I'll never forget that ride in the ambulance. They treated me so I felt like a piece of trash. Mm. I, I was crying to the paramedic and I'm, I was telling her, I don't want to do this anymore. I, and I was crying and she was like, well, you just need to stop. Mm. And she kind of like grabbed both my arms and I, what I believe she was looking for heroin tracks up my arms and kind of just like tossed my arm back on my lap. And she was like, you just need to stop. And there was I would have given anything to be off those pills. And that's where the shame came in because right. I felt so ashamed to ask for help. And that's right. why the shame came in. Right, right. I mean, here you were a mom and a wife and a government employee and you have this great job and you have this great life and nobody knows that underneath. And then there you were caught in that lie to your husband. So there's like a shame upon shame upon shame to your grandparents. Yes. And even being treated poorly by this paramedic. And if it was so easy to just stop, you would just stop. Yes. And so was that the moment, the overdose, that you said, I've got to figure out and get help? Believe it or not, no. I still got up and used the next day. It took mm -hmm. I, I overdosed in November, and I didn't seek help till March. Um, I just finally got tired. I was exhausted. I, I couldn't function anymore. It was to the point to where I no longer wanted to be here. But yeah. I truly believe having my kids is what kept me here. Um and so I literally just Googled, Googled the first opiate help place, and I found myself in a methadone clinic. I had no idea what I was walking into. Um, I looked very different than everybody that was in there, but we were all the same. Yeah. Addiction doesn't discriminate. It can happen to anybody. And I truly believe I was there for a reason because um, they would look at me in my business suit and like, what are you doing here? And it actually gave them hope. So I mm -hmm. truly believe I was meant to be there. So there I was walking into a methadone clinic every single morning and getting a dose, a daily dose before I went to work. Wow. And at this point, did your kids know your partner? No, I felt they were too young. Um, my husband definitely knew. He was very, very supportive. Um, my son was in elementary. Mm -hmm. My daughter was in middle school. Yeah. So I felt at the time it was they were just too young to understand. Sure, sure. But I, I'm so grateful. Oh, I'm so grateful that your life was spared because you're here now with big purpose, yes. right? And even just someone listening to this, I know at this very moment, there is someone sitting in her car or in her kitchen or at work with the earbuds in with tears because she finally feels relief and seen and hope. So I know, I know that you were spared absolutely for purpose and absolutely because you have a message. And I understand why it took so so long from November to March. That's not even that long. And it's not even your fault. Someone else I know who actually died from an overdose. I think she had a, um, it's, I, I knew her father. And so I, I won't get the story 100% right, but she, I believe, had an accident and then was, you know, prescribed fentanyl. What, what is it supposed to be just for a short amount of time for the pain? Yes. And then within six months was addicted and OD'd. It's just, it's just tragic. So in March, you said, that's it. I'm going to get help. 
and through the methadone clinic, then you get a daily dose. I know I don't know anything about it. Can you share? Sure. Yeah, you get a daily dose, and then after you have like three months of successful drug screens, they do, they give you random drug tests. After three successful months, and you get two days, and then after another three months, you get three days, and then you can actually work your way up to a month of take home. Um, mm. But unfortunately, or fortunately, because it's part of my story, and I know it was meant to be. I relapsed way too many times to count that first year. So I was pretty much going in daily. Um, it took me three years on methadone to be weaned off because I just, I fought like hell every day sure. and it shouldn't be that hard. The way I got through my journey, it should not be that hard. Mm. And we'll go into this later on, but that's why I share the tools that I love to teach women. But I was fighting the behavior. I was fighting the addiction I didn't realize what was leading me to numb out. I didn't know that it was just, it was my solution. It mm. wasn't a problem. It was my solution, right. but I was just focusing on not taking the pill. Because then guess what? I'll look better and I won't be ashamed anymore and I won't be a drug addict right. anymore. And I'll look good to everybody again. Right. Yeah. And then I'll be okay. Okay. Exactly. This is, I want everyone to like write this down unless you're driving, but remember this. It wasn't my problem. It was the solution. Right. And how many times as a coach do people come to us and they're like, oh, I just want to lose weight or I just want right? something that you're seeing as a problem. But it's not you're using that as a solution for a deeper problem. Yes. Yeah. So let's go into this. So throughout that journey, throughout those three years, you had a pivot where you started to look at the deeper issue. I did. Yeah. Tell us more. The pandemic hit two years into, um, or three years into my recovery, and um, or a after I was sober. So I, I've been sober since July 16, 2018, but I had the mindset that once an addict, always an addict. So even though I had only been clean two years, I thought I was still like in, like recovered for two years. So I also learned I'm not an addict. I experienced addiction. It was an experience. Mm. I didn't. I, that's why I did not resonate with like Narcotics Anonymous because I would literally have to introduce myself. Hi, I'm Dominique and I'm an addict. Mm. And so there I am the, during the pandemic hitting two years as recovered, still identifying as an addict. And I'm like, oh my God, I was scared. I'm going to be isolated. I hope I don't get bored. And I was scared. Mm -hmm. And um, somehow I got led to podcasts, Karen, and, and I stumbled like women's empowerment um, with purpose. And I stumbled across your podcast and I just started overdosing on your podcast, as I mentioned in our first uh, interview. And it helped me so much. Mm -hmm. um, just so your audience knows, I've never worked with you on person. I've never done your courses. I've never been to one of your in-person events. But the way that you served and spoke on those podcasts literally helped me pivot and I would hear the women that you interviewed turning their pain into purpose and I'm like wow maybe that one day can be me and so here here I am here uh, 20, 2023 oh my gosh <laughs> yeah oh my gosh this yeah. is like it's such you don't even know maybe you do know because of your own clients like what a gift this is for me to hear that Right. I sit here every week at this microphone. I don't know who's listening. I don't know if anyone's listening. Right. I just like talk. And to hear that my work, my sacred work and my words had such an impact on you. It just it just means everything to me. So thank you for sharing that. 
Thank you for sharing. Yeah, that. it's important. You, you need to know that like what you did, like made in a huge impact in my life. And being here with you today is so surreal for me. Like you have no idea. Um, like this is like, a like, I just can't believe it. It's a definitely a 180 for me. Because during that time of the pandemic, I hadn't even shared my story. I hadn't put my message out there. Um, I was scared. I was nervous. And I am so grateful now to be grateful for my addiction because I truly believe my addiction led me to go deeper into who I really am and what my purpose is. Yes. And now I feel so alive and so grateful for something I would never, ever think that I'd be grateful for because it was living hell. Yeah. And recovery shouldn't have been that hard, but I just didn't know how to approach it from the tools now that I love to teach. Yes. And of course, recovery is hard when your brain is addicted to something. I mean, literally what happens if anybody doesn't know with addiction is your brain becomes so reliant that it takes more and more and more in order for your brain to function. And so I understand why recovery was what it was and why it's so hard for you for so many and it's so inspiring that you took it upon yourself. I'm going to go listen to podcasts. You know, people message me frequently and say, I can't afford your classes or I can't afford the retreat. I'm like, sister, just go listen to the podcast. You know, like it's free and you will, you will start that turnaround so much. And there are so many, mine and, and others, thousands of others. There are so many incredible tools out there. And so you started healing from the inside. Dominique. I did. I did. And when did you yeah. say, wait a minute, I want to teach this? You know, I knew pretty early on when I was struggling. I'm like, nobody deserves to struggle like this. Mm. No woman. I can. I knew I couldn't be the only one, but I didn't know how to find those women. Yeah, sure. And I knew that I had to share my story because of how blessed I was. Because I, it was minutes that I would no longer be here. Oh, and I know God. God spared me. So I thought I wanted to write a book, but I had no social media, no social media following. I was so ashamed. I wouldn't even be out there in social media. So after discovering your podcast and hearing how women could actually coach and guide women, then one day God just downloaded this pivot program into me. Like mm. I fell to my knees that day. I have a journal entry um, and I'm a finance manager for the government and I use pivot tables where I it's an Excel pivot table where I can extract millions of data of information and then I can display it any way I want. I can look at the good. I can look at the bad. So I thought, wait a minute, all this information has always been here, but it's up to me how I choose to view it. I get to choose how to look at it. And that's when it, the mindset and the perspective and every circumstance is neutral, but it's the meaning that I'm giving it. Oh. It's it's not that people were judging me. I was judging myself. Yes. Yes. Okay. There's so much about what you just said. I want everyone to get out. You know me. I'm like, get out your highlighter, write this down, highlight it, put it in lights, like all of that. It is not the circumstance. It is the meaning that we make of the circumstance. And look, there are terrible, shitty, horrible, awful circumstances out there, right? Like, my dad has Alzheimer's. He cannot walk or talk anymore. And that's shitty. But is the meaning I make, oh, I don't have a dad anymore, or this is terrible, or is the meaning I make, we get it to communicate in a whole new way now. The meaning I make that now, you know, it's actually Alzheimer's, it, 
like softened his edges. And so the last time I saw him, maybe a month ago, we just had this time of looking into each other's eyes and he was tearing up. I mean, he knows who I am. And I sang a song that like was our song when we were when I was a little girl. And so it's like it's the meaning we make. Or as you said, right, it's like it's not about what I look like on the inside or what other people are saying. They're not judging me. I'm judging myself. Yes. Everybody's in their own head. Right? It's like you you walk around, you think everyone's judging you. Actually, everyone is just in their own head thinking about how they, you know, screwed up in the meeting or someone else was an asshole or, you know, what they have to get in order to make dinner tonight or how are they going to be able to afford their family vacation or whatever it is. Everyone's in their own head. And so it's us judging ourselves. I think that's just, Dominique, that's genius. And, you know, speaking of circumstances, and I'm sorry about your dad, and Thank I know there's sister. blessings. Um my twin sister um, actually overdosed and passed away February 15th of 2022. Um, so that that inspires me more to even keep going and sharing my story. And I, I had no idea she was struggling with pills. I thought it was just alcohol. Um, and I, I say my sister died because of the shame. Not It wasn't the pills. It wasn't the alcohol. It was, it was shame. Yeah. And wow. I get to give meaning to this circumstance and, you know, what should have been one of the worst years of my life, my twin sister no longer being here, was actually one of the best years of my life mm-hmm. because I I get to choose to give it meaning. And, of course, I miss her. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about her. Right. But I know there's, I never, I don't doubt for one second that she would not be so proud of me and that she wouldn't want me to keep going and sharing my message. I know that's what she would want. And that's what I'm going to keep doing. Yes. Can we, can, can you share her name? Of course. Her name is Danielle. Danielle. Yeah. I just yeah. want to feel Danielle right here with us. And she was the most generous. I had no idea that she was battling this bad. And that's when I started sharing my story and she would reach out to me. I'm so proud of you, sis. I'm so oh. proud of you. And little did I know that she was literally dying inside too, but she she was so ashamed to even share it with me. So that just shows that how deep this shame could go. Her twin yes. sister that was a recovered addict, she didn't even share this with me. Right. So if anybody out there is struggling, like please know that you're not alone and there's hope. Yes. Because there was a time where I couldn't even get out of bed and I was stealing and lying and overdosing and meeting drug dealers weekly and spending th- up to $1,000 a week buying pills off the street. Oh and I promise you there's hope. There's hope. There's hope. Yeah. Well, I am so sorry about Danielle. I can't even imagine. I can only imagine. I can only imagine that pain. And how absolutely inspiring and incredible and brave for you to know that she wants you to carry on with this message and she wants you to have an amazing life and she wants you. It's like that all of this has happened. It's like you guys working together for this greater purpose. Yes. And that's why these two, I haven't had no desire to relapse. I haven't relapsed once um, since she passed, no desire. So I know the tools that have saved me from my addiction. Yeah. They even, they support, they they support you for the rest of your life. They supported me through the death of my sister. 
because it's not about the addiction. It's about feeling fulfilled inside. It's about feeling whole inside. It's about coming back home to who we are. Mm. And that's what this life, it's our birthright to feel whole, to feel happy, to feel bliss. Yes, 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 yes. So let's talk about some of the tools that helped you and that you teach. I love it. My, my pivot program's an acronym, but each letter stands for a tool. Um, P is for present moment. Mm. I, I always found myself in the past being depressed or anxious, worrying about the future. I never knew what it was like to just be in the moment and breathe and enjoy right now, the power of now, a, a beautiful book. If beautiful you haven't read book. it, I highly recommend it. Beautiful. The, pow- the only way we can transform is right here, right now. That's the power we have is right now. Yes. And I know it's easier said than done. I struggled with that for so long. It's way easier said than done. But we deserve that. We deserve to be in the present moment. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be like, I don't get it. (laughs) What do we what do we even mean by that? Right. And reading that book and then my own internal work helped me to get, oh, wait, my brain is kind of always thinking about the past or always thinking about the future. Right. What went wrong or what could go wrong was basically where my brain would kind of and then trying to kind of control my every move to make it okay either way. Right. And the present moment, that's such a beautiful first step in your pivot program, because that's really how you pivot is no matter what's going on, just to pause in this moment. There's another P and say in this present moment. Where am I feel my skin? take a deep breath, right? What do I smell? What do I see? Like just in this moment and to have that presence and taking a deep breath, that's, that is it. That is how we pivot out of, you know, in any situation. And I find it so powerful to be present is like, okay, let me just feel my skin. I'm here or using sensory, right? What do I taste? What do I smell? What do I see? And then that breath. So, okay. So the first tool is, first tool is the present moment. Okay. And then I is for information. I Mm. started getting informed about the subconscious mind. Mm. Um, I'm actually a master practitioner in neuro-linguistics programming, which they refer to it as the language of the mind. And it's about learning about our subconscious beliefs and how powerful our beliefs are. And to sum it up, we get to choose the meaning we give to every circumstance and you get to choose to look at life so it serves you, not mm. so it beats you up and pushes you back. But how can you take the circumstance in your life, just like I did with my twin sister, just like you did with your dad? How can we look at this circumstance and make it serve us to support us mm. to keep growing for ourselves? Yes. That was mind-blowing, mind-changing. Mm. And I love this connection between your day job, right? All that you've done of collecting information and putting it into a big Excel spreadsheet and a big machine and a big program. And then it like spits out truth, right? And so that analogy of what you're doing in this second step of your work and of your program to pivot is like, what's all of the information so that I can look at it with a new lens for truth? And for a growth perspective. And NLP is is like incredible. And if any of you haven't heard of it, you know, another reason to kind of get into Dominique's world, but to really understand how your mind works. Yeah. 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 Our subconscious mind is so powerful. And if you don't know how to use it, it'll actually 
control your life. Yes. But if you really understand the power of your subconscious mind, that that should be taught in school to oh, our children. Million I mean, percent. Absolutely, hands down. Million percent. And yes. And I think it does control. Right. It, I would say for 98 or 99 percent of people, the subconscious mind is controlling. In fact, a lot of my day is moments of pivoting because I noticed that my subconscious is trying to take control or, you know, a situation happened yesterday where I got an email that was really upsetting. Subconscious immediately kicks in with old stories about not being good enough or people not liking me or being a pleaser and I should just bend over, you know, triple times backwards in order to do what this person was asking. And it was like, you know, after, I don't know, a couple minutes of that, I said, wait a minute. And I went, took some breaths. I went for a walk. I just kind of worked it out right in my system and then was able to look at what is the story I'm telling myself here and what is actually true. And so this is so powerful and so important because if you don't control your mind, it will control you. Absolutely. And we get to write our story. Yes. We get to give the meaning. And that's like so yes. liberating. That's that's empowerment. Yes. Right there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Say it, sister. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That is empowerment. Yes, yes, it is. Okay, give us the V. So V's um, vision. I, I always knew what I didn't want, but mm. what did I want? Like, I didn't even know what I wanted. <laughs> I didn't even know what I wanted. Like right. I was too busy being depressed, being anxious, telling myself stories. Right. And whatever you focus on grows. So the more I was focusing on not taking the pills, I kept focusing on pills. I didn't know that because right. I didn't know how the mind worked. Right. Right. Once I started really visualizing what was possible for me, what I wanted, what fulfills me, what fulfills my body. Mm. Oh my gosh. When you wake up every day and focus on what's possible for you and fill your body up from head to toe with that vision. You literally shift your physiology and that's what changes your behavior. Yes. It's a domino effect. Yes. Oh, this yeah. is gorgeous. This is gorgeous. So all of you out there, I want you to really pause and think for a minute, how much time, just be honest with yourself, you don't have to tell us, but how much time are you spending thinking about what you don't want? Right. And the reason that that doesn't work is, as Dominique said, if I'm thinking I don't want those pills, what she's really thinking about is the pills, Right. It's like if if we say to you, don't think about a pink elephant wearing a purple tutu, all you're thinking about is a is is a pink elephant wearing a purple tutu. And so we have to instead start getting super clear about what we do want, about what the vision is, about what lights us up. And then to be able to feel it in your body, as Dominique said, begins to change you at a physiological level. And this is a beautiful part of NLP too, right? Of like really learning how to have full body visioning. And it feels so good. It's not about the car. It's not about the yes. money. It's not about the body. It's about a feeling. Yes. And that's what I like to teach my clients. You don't have to wait till next year, next week, next month. You get to create that in your body right here, right now, today. It's yes. a feeling. We think about it. We buy a dress for a feeling. We buy a car for a feeling. It boils down to a feeling. And that's what that... That's why I love visualization. That's mm. such a beautiful tool. Yeah, me to too. To change your, your day, to change your life. Me too. You and I are, you know, we're so aligned, sister. And the first question I always will ask clients is, how do you want to feel? Because even if you don't know what job you want or you don't know what you want, where you want to live or like whatever those specifics are, if you begin with, I want to feel at peace or I want to feel happy or I want to feel excited about my life, it's like, 
great, let's start to get into that feeling. And then the details of what will give you that start to work themselves out. It's beautiful. Love it. Okay, so talk to us about O. So O is owning it. I grew Mm. up in victim mentality. I blamed my adoption, my parents, my grandparents, my husband, my kids. The list goes on. And I got to choose, and I Mm. say choose because it's a choice. I got to choose to take ownership and radical responsibility. Mm. And that can either make you feel like, what do you mean it's my responsibility? We're not saying it's your fault, but it's your responsibility to change your life. And that's exciting. Again, it's perspective. Mm. It made me excited. Like, oh my gosh, I get to take ownership. I get to be responsible for recreating my life. So it's, again, perspective. How do you want to look at that taking responsibility? It's a choice. It's a perspective. Mm. But it's a very important step because when you take your power back, you get to rewrite your story. And that's what saved me. Yes, yes, yes. Ownership of your story is, is where it's at. Because of any story, if the last page of a romance novel is, and then they broke up, you're like, well, that was shitty. But if the next page is, and then she learned what she really wanted, or, and then she went through deep healing, and then she went to Italy and really found herself. Now you're like, that's an amazing story, right? So it's like, the next page really matters. And so the writing of your story and what it all means really matters. Absolute beautiful ownership. Okay, and now take us to the T. So I have two T's and the first T is truth. Mm. You get to really start uncovering the truth of who you are. We get covered up in so much programming and beliefs from our upbringing. From zero to seven, our subconscious mind is just taking everything in from truth for truth. From our caregivers, the school systems, our religious groups, radio, TV. So you got you get to start uncovering what's the truth for you, the mm. truth of who you are. Yeah. And that's when you really get to discover that it's your birthright to be happy, to live in bliss, to live at peace. Because the truth is we're, we're a soul having a human experience mm-hmm. and our creator made it, made us to experience a beautiful life, but it's the programming. It's the stories that, that the fear, the brain that gets in the way, if we don't know how to use our brain to benefit us, to support us. Yes. And sometimes we cannot even know what is truth. Right. That that's you think one thing is truth. Like Josh and I were talking last night, just in full transparency about do we want a second child or not? And he said, well, when you were young, did you want more children? I said, well, yeah, I wanted three. There's being Jewish. There's um, there's a desire to repopulate after the Holocaust. So it's like one for me, one for you and then an extra one to repopulate. And so and then we started getting into the conversation. Is that what I wanted or what? Was it what I believed? Like, was it what I was taught? And I said, I don't even know, right? Because there's so much of what I learned and did then that was taught to me as this is just what it is, right? This is truth that we now need to as adults unpack all those layers like like an onion, right? Or like an artichoke and get to what... Okay, that's that's what I was taught. That's that's what people said. But what is it? What is true for me? This is so important. 
So important. And it's, and take your time. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, I learned this work at 40 years old. So Mm. it's not about instant gratification. It's being exactly where you are. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. Yes. We can't rush it. And it's okay if it takes years. You know, to me, it's a journey. There's not, nothing such as transformed. I'm still peeling layers. And it's exciting now because now we have the tools to question, to pivot, to Really ask, is this true for me? What, what what perspective do I get to give? What do I want? Right. What information do I have to really pull this back? And it's so, this work is not about having a perfect life. It's about having the resources to navigate your day so you get to make the best choices for yourself and, yes. and keep growing and learning and yes. living, And it gets alive. to be fun. You know, it it's like the 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 scary part about continuously growing is will I be accepted now? Now, if I want this or I want something different than I wanted when I married my partner, I wanted, you know, I want, will I be accepted? You know, or will I want to run away from my kids and never be around them again? You know, and so there is some of that fear and fear and excitement look so similar in the body that we also can say, this is exciting and I get to create a whole new way. I get to, you know, figure out, like for me, being a mom and still traveling for a month every year, like we get to write a new way of what things look like. Okay, so truth is so big. So what's the second T? So the second T is trust. We're, mm-hmm. we're co-creators of our life. Yeah. And after we do all this work and, and it's about visualizing what you want, how you want to feel, but we get to trust ourselves and we get to take action to make it a reality. Because mm. even though it's just a feeling, we're, we're here on earth in a 3D body and we get to experience life. We get to create whatever you want. There's no limit. You, And I know how scary it is to take that first step. I was so freaking scared to share my story. If you looked back on my Instagram and saw when I first shared my story, I mean, I was there like rocky, barely mm. able to talk and... I just, I did it anyway because yes. I trusted. Yes. I trusted what my body wanted, what my heart wanted. And yes. you, I, I'm still showing up. I was scared to do this interview right now, but I'm still showing up and yes. taking action because I know how important my message is. It so is. You so are, sister. I love seeing you show up and I'm so happy that we're doing this interview. It's just like so full circle. It means everything. It means everything. So truth. I am telling you women listening to this. If you just do every step that Dominique just said, you will freaking love your life. Like she's just given you the formula to love your life and to feel amazing. That's it. That's the formula. It's so. And so now you coach, you do you do courses. Talk to us. Yes. So I have my um, pivot program where I have a six to 12 week program where I'll walk you through these steps. I'll guide you. I'll be with you every step of the way. And I also host women's experiential retreats. I, I have one coming up. It's called the Pivot Experience. So I've actually am putting my pivot um, tools into an experience, experiential retreat mm. um, June 16th through 18th. I'm here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And it's my first time doing this type of retreat. I've had retreats before, but I had a I had a desire to put my pivot framework into a retreat. So it's, it's coming together so beautifully and, and I'm so excited that I get to serve women and teach them these tools. Oh my goddess. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for them. It's, I'm so excited for any of you who are going to reach out and attend this. It's just so incredible. You have such a beautiful heart and spirit sister. 
my God, thank you. And I have to say, Karen, when I would hear you interviewing these women, like in 2020, and I was just so inspired by these women. And I actually dreamt of being, I'm like, one day I'm going to be on your <laughs> podcast. And I like to be, I know to like be here. I'm like, you, you have no idea. Like anything is possible. Like I truly like made this happen because I trusted. Mm. I, I informed myself. I visualized. I took ownership. I I trusted. And and like I said, I'm, I'm showing up scared. I'm still scared. This ain't easy for me. So don't think that I'm any different than any of you women listening. I'm human, but we, we're all worthy and yes. anything is possible. Yes, everything is yeah. possible. And I want to um, add one thing you did that got you sitting here. You took action. It's like, I think this is, we have the vision. And then I just want to, I want you to take all the credit. You took action and you reached out. I was hosting an event and you said, I want to support that event. And so you made yourself known to me. And then I was like, who is this woman? I don't even know who she is. And then, you know, you sent in your story. You supported the event. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, we, you know, yeah, like we got to talk to her. And so there is this really important piece that let Dominique be the inspiration to you and that it it is possible. It's like envision it believe it, know it, and then take action on it. When you, she saw an opening to connect with me and she went right in and you said you wanted to support that event because of everything that the podcast had given you, right? I do this for free and I do so many events for free. You wanted to support it and it helped me, you know, you offered a little financial support and that helped me a, a lot. And then since then, we did the interview in my Facebook group. Now you're on the podcast. Like, you're soul sister for life. You can call me anytime, sister. Like, anytime. Oh, and I will you. be right there for you. Oh, thank you. And I will be going to one of your retreats in 2024. I that's know my it. Next, that's my next manifestation. <laughs> I know it. I'm not even like, we're going to meet or I'll be coming on one of yours. Like, it's all good. It's yeah. all right. So everyone out there, just let's like take in the pivot and when you make that pivot, then take the step because it's possible. All right, yes. Dominique, I obviously could talk to you for a million years straight and like totally never run out of topics. And in the interest of time, you know, at the end of these interviews, I love to do a purpose power play round where I ask random questions and whatever is the first thing that comes to your mind is the correct answer. Are you down? I am down. Okay. Let's uh, do this. Amazing. <laughs> so I know your grandparents told you to go get a government job. But was there anything that little Dominique wanted to do that she wouldn't tell anybody, like a secret? Oh, but when I get older, I would really love to do this. Sing on stage. My <gasps> mom's a vocalist. She's a singer and music runs through my veins. And my grandpa was a singer and I was just always too scared. He offered me opportunities. I practiced songs, but I never got up on stage. I just didn't have the guts to get up on stage. Um, my mom invited me to do backup vocals for one of her gigs, and I just was scared of what people thought. But I love music. I love to sing. I love to dance. So I can't hold a key that great, but who I love to sing. shit? Oh my god! So do you <laughs> sing on stage now? Oh no, I have not done it. I yes. still haven't done it. Ah! Okay, I'm so seeing this for you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited about this because I'm just seeing that as your next as your next layer. I interviewed, I, I've only interviewed like two men for this podcast. And one of them is my friend, Scott. And 
he teaches courage and what got him to be so courageous. He also always had a dream of singing and he walked into a brunch place one day and went up to the front of it and just started singing. And like, and like, it's not about having a good voice. It was about, and everybody then gave him a standing ovation and just like doing the thing. So I'm excited for you to have to do that. And I see you as an inspirational speaker and speaking your voice on stages and that that is really going to be also you singing on stage. You know, I, I ha- I'm preparing a TED talk just to put it in, put it in motion, yes. but that's a dream of mine as well. Yes, yes. it's happening. It's done. Done, 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 done. Okay, now we talked about the power of now for a moment. In addition to that, or maybe that's it, is there one go-to book that you recommend? Um, Brene Brown, I love the majority of her books and I can't even pick a favorite one, but her her shame, her shame um, research, that really was a huge shift in perspective change for me. Yes, yes, me too, me too. Just knowing that I wasn't alone and that it was a real thing and that nothing was really wrong with me. It's a real, real thing. Yes. Yes. If any of you haven't been checking out Brene Brown, the first book of hers that I read was The Gifts of Imperfection and then Daring Greatly. I mean, there's just so many. They're all so good. They're all so good. And so we have singing on stage. We have TED Talk. I was going to ask what a dream of yours is, but we have just learned a couple. Is there And coming to one of my retreats. Is there any other dream we want to put into the universe right here, right now? Oh, my God. Yes. To walk out of my government job that I've been in for 15 years and to be able to just do my coaching and yes. lead women's retreat all over the world. That's my dream. Oh, my God. That's my dream. Done, 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 and done. Yeah. Whoo! We're just going to send that right up to the universe. Shream! Just send it right oh, up to the universe. I feel that. Yes. I feel that in my body. Yes, because oh. I know I know you're visualizing it every day. I know you feel it. I know you see it. I know, I know, I know. And it's all happening. Well, you are incredible. I know people are going to want to find you. Where can everyone find you, Dominique? So I do have a website, and that's um, uniquepivotwith2ts.com. And my handles on Instagram and TikTok is uniquepivotwith1t. Only because two T's was taken up. Oh, someone so, else um, is doing two T's? I, yeah, they told me it was taken up. The so. nerve. Yeah, how rude, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting so that two T's was taken, but one was not. That's so interesting. Right. Right. So yeah. interesting. Okay, so unique pivot with one T on Instagram and TikTok, two T's on the website. And of course, yep. we have all of that in the show notes. So, well, thank Amazing. you, thank you, thank you, Dominique. I am so grateful you're here both here on this planet and here on this podcast. You have so Thank much to you, share. Thank you, Karen. I'll be forever grateful to you, to your podcast, to the service that you give. You, you've been, you're such an inspiration to me and I thank you so much. Yeah. Truly, 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 the honor is mine. The honor is mine. And with that, everybody, we hope you loved this episode as much as we loved doing it. If so, make sure that you pause right now. You go on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and give a five-star review. Of course, if you are not yet following me on Instagram and TikTok, I mentioned on TikTok, it's The Woman Whisperer. On Instagram, it's Karen Rockhind. And you want to make sure right now that you are getting on my newsletter list because I have so many goodies. Everything is about to change here as we continue to shift into the Institute of Women. There's so many goodies and freebies, including a free money class is coming up. So if you want to know how to make more money, you want to learn how to shift and heal your relationship with money, you want to make sure that you get in on that, go to purposegirl.com and sign up there. As always, share this podcast with every woman 
you know who needs it. If you know a woman who has been struggling with addiction, you know a woman who's so stuck in the shame spiral and is like, what is wrong with me? Share this episode with her because that's how we change the world one woman at a time. With that, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.